Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Jesus, thou art the sinner's friend, the sunshine unto thee. Thou in the fullness of thy love, O Lord, remember me. Remember that your word of grace, remember of Grace radio broadcast again. This is Elder David Wise here with you on the program this morning, and we'd like to welcome you and invite you to our churches that support this program, Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. You can go to our website, macedonia-pbc.org, and also Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church on Wolf Road outside Caledonia, Mississippi, and both of our churches meet for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We also have a joint worship service in Starkville, Mississippi on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., and also messages are live streamed on Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page. So be sure and go and like Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page to get notifications of live streams, both on Wednesday night and also Sunday morning worship is live streamed at Sulphur Springs as well. You can go to our website that supports this program, gospel-of-grace.com. 
and subscribe to our podcast so you get notification on your smartphone and find past messages and maybe find a church that may be closer to you if you're not in the North Mississippi area. Also, go and be sure and download Grace Along Radio app, a 24-7 Primitive Baptist Christian streaming service with good preaching, singing, scripture reading, and other beneficial content. We're very thankful to have the ability to bring these messages to you through our radio partners and also through the internet and through podcast. And we certainly hope our efforts are beneficial for you. And it's a great blessing to be able to discuss God's word with you in this way. Today, we would like to continue our thoughts on prayer and how we ought to be praying unto the Lord and growing in our prayer life. So we hope that you can stay tuned with us here on the program today. We'll bring the message right after the song and hope the content can be beneficial and edifying for you this morning.
Good morning, and welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This morning, we'd like to continue to look at a few examples of prayer in the Scripture. Again, there are so many examples that we're not going to have time to get to. I would encourage you to do your own search of the various prayers in the Bible. I believe there's a book, The Great Prayers of the Bible, written by Elder Michael Goins, that you can purchase on SovGrace.net. And there's certainly a lot of other good content out there available for great examples of prayer that we see in the scriptures. So we want to highlight just a couple more today as we continue to think about prayer. We'd like to begin in the book of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is notified by someone returning from Jerusalem that the walls were broken down and they were just in a terrible mess. And then his response to that, Nehemiah's initial response to this discouraging message of the condition of Jerusalem and the condition of the city of God, he says in Nehemiah chapter chapter 1 and verse 4, it came to pass when I heard these words, what was his response? I sat down and I wept and I mourned certain days and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine ears open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy service and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou gavest to thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou gavest, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses. If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though they were, if you were cast out the uttermost part of heaven, yet I will gather them from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy hand. O Lord, I beseech you, Lord, let thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant who desire to fear thy name and prosper. And I pray thee, thy servant this day, grant unto him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. You also notice some very uh, similar phrases to the prayer we saw last week of Daniel. He's saying, I'm confessing, my, I, I'm confessing my sins, but I'm also confessing the sins of our nation as a whole. Lord, we deserve everything that's coming on us. Lord, we've disobeyed your word, and we deserve everything that's coming on us. But Lord, also in that word, God's word promised judgment for sin, but God, God's word also promised restoration. It also promised a return for those that repent and turn back to the word of God and the commandments of the Lord. So Nehemiah knows the word of God enough to say, Lord, we deserve everything we're getting, but Lord, you've also promised forgiveness. Lord, you've also promised restoration. And he's saying, Lord, please bow down your ear and be attentive to the ear of thy servant. You know, I don't think it's wrong to pray that. I don't think it's wrong, as we see here with Nehemiah, to say, Lord, please listen to me. The Lord always certainly hears our prayers, but he's saying, Lord, please bow down your ear and be attentive to this prayer. Lord, please acknowledge, and if it's your will, answer my prayer. 
So we see this great example of Nehemiah in an extended way in the first chapter. And then Nehemiah is still really overwhelmed with just the grief and the sadness of the report that he had heard from Jerusalem. And he is before the king, as you've probably heard in many other messages, that it was not appropriate for someone in the presence of a king during this time to be sad. You could lose your life from being sad in front of the king because you didn't ever want to make him sad or mad. So Nehemiah is still just really heavy and overwhelmed with this. And he comes and he says, why is your countenance sad seeing you're not sick? This is nothing but the sorrow of heart. And I was very sore afraid. This is the king, Artaxerxes, talking to him. And he had not been sad in the king's presence before. The king says, I know you're not sick, but it looks like you're sorrowful of heart. And I said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulcher, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? And notice this phrase very quickly here at the end of verse 4. So I prayed to the God of heaven, and then he ended up saying to the king and making his request. I believe this is such a great example here of Nehemiah of what it means to pray without ceasing, what it means to pray always. He's in the middle of a conversation with the king, and he knew that he was about to make a very bold statement. And what did he do? Very quickly, he just said, I prayed to the God of heaven. I prayed to the God of heaven. We want to look at a couple examples this morning that are very quick, short, to the point prayers. You know, sometimes we think about the prayers being long and flowing and very public prayers. For some reason, sometimes we think that the fervency of prayer is determined by the flowery King James Version language that we use in our prayer. Well, actually, the most diligent, fervent prayers many times we pray are silent. Think about Hannah praying in her heart as her lips were moving and she poured out her soul to the Lord. They're either in our heart or a lot of times the most fervent prayers you can pray, I think we're going to find this morning, is Lord help me. Lord help me. Lord forgive me. Lord save me. And he didn't really have time for much of that. And it wasn't verbal, right? It was in his head. In the middle of a conversation with the king, he prayed diligently and fervently leading up to this point. But in the middle of a conversation with the king, he was about to request to leave his job and to go back and to build the wall. And not only does the Lord answer this quick, silent, half a second prayer, probably. Not only does the Lord answer this, not only does Nehemiah get to go back, but the king's heart is so moved toward Nehemiah that he essentially gives him the entire budget of the Persian empire at this time to pay for the rebuilding of this wall. He essentially said, here's the credit card of the Persian empire. Go get everything you need, Nehemiah. (laughs) Boy, you want to talk about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much, right? You don't think our prayers can make a big difference and things that are impossible can be done. What are the chances that this little bitty cupbearer, no doubt he'd been godly and diligent in the presence of the king and he'd done his job well, but there's no reason to think that the king would do this for him, right? And what a bold request, too. I think we need the, we need to pray to the Lord for his blessings when we're going to make bold requests. You know, sometimes I get nervous when I'm talking to someone and I'm either going to say something that I know that they may not like or I know it's going to be very difficult to convince them that this is the right thing to do. You know, sometimes my nature, I get a little bit nervous when I do that. Well, you want to know what a great response to that is, just like Nehemiah? 
to pray to the God of heaven, right? Because I'll tell you, in a natural sense, I'm sure Nehemiah got a bit of a lump in his throat. You know, am I, am I just going to say, well, it's okay, I'll just continue to stay here? Or am I going to swing for the fences, right? <laughs> am I going to really swing for the fences and say, but King, uh, we don't have anything to do it with. Can you provide us to do that? I mean, that's swinging for the fences. That's going all out, isn't it? But notice this quick prayer in the middle of a conversation. And I think this is such an important lesson. And I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit gave us this one little bitty phrase here. So much of the effectiveness of our prayers is not long flowery prayers. We need to have a devoted, quiet time in prayer life. But we need to be praying when we're having difficult conversations, right? We need to be praying in our mind when we're making a difficult request, when we're in the middle of a period and a situation of conflict, particularly where emotions might be high, that's when we need to be praying, Lord, please bless me. Lord, please bless the situation. And I tell you, I think we're going to see that some of the most diligent prayers we can pray are those quick prayers in our head. Sometimes they're verbal, but those quick prayers in our head, Lord, please bless me. Lord, please help me. Lord, please save me. And Nehemiah did that in the middle of his conversation with the king, right? Make our way to Matthew chapter 14. And this is the account where the apostles are going across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus comes to them walking on the water in the middle of the night. And they're originally afraid. And then he assures them, it is I, be not afraid. And then Peter requests, Lord, if it be you, bless me to come out on the water with you. And Jesus said, all right, come on. <laughs> and Peter walked on the water, but he got distracted, right? He got distracted and he looked and saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid. And we always get in trouble when we let fear control our emotions. But notice he began to sink and he cried saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. You know, a lot of bad things happen when we get afraid. A lot of bad things happen when we allow fear to control our thoughts. We're told in 1 John chapter 4 that perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And I can attest to that. You probably can too. I mean, it, it's difficult when we're consumed by fear. And notice what happens when Peter gets afraid. He begins to sink, doesn't he? He gets in peril. He gets in physical peril. And certainly that's a lesson for us when we get in spiritual peril. What's our response? What's our response? I believe we need to be like Nehemiah. I prayed to the God of heaven. Instead, we try to fix our own problems, don't we? You know, we begin to sink. And our response is to call to the apostles in the boat, hey, throw me a life raft right? <laughs> we begin to sink and our response is to call to the apostles in the ship, hey, can you throw me a life jacket? Throw me a life preserver. Well, Peter had the appropriate response here. He didn't try to fix his own problem. He knew that he was in a bad enough state that the Lord's the only person that's going to be able to help me right now. So what was his quick prayer? Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I'd say that's just a prayer we need to be praying about a hundred times a day, right? <laughs> Lord, save me. Lord, help me. You know, a lot of our prayer life is not these long, flowery, dramatic prayers. It's, Lord, bless me. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Just like with Nehemiah. So I prayed to the God of heaven. In Matthew chapter 15, we have an example of a Canaanite woman that was seeking Jesus, and she had some more interactions with him and describing the situation with her daughter that was grievously vexed with the devil, and she's beseeching the Lord's blessing. The apostles said, send her away. She's annoying us. She's bothering us. And Jesus, even he tried to throw some cold water on her fervency. Jesus said in Matthew 15 and in verse 24, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you're a Canaanite. You're not in my primary ministry. But notice she wasn't deterred with that. Notice this great worship that she displays here, but also this quick prayer. 
And I believe this is the kind of prayer we need to be praying every single day. She worshiped. I, first of all, he said, I'm not even supposed to be speaking to you. And what was her response to that? Boy, I'll tell you, if she was an American, she would be offended and she would storm off and post something ugly on social media, right? <laughs> That's how we act in America. What was her response to Jesus saying, I'm not even supposed to be talking to you. I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What was her response to that? She worshiped him. Wow, right? She worshiped him. And what did she do in, in response to that worship? Lord, help me. You know, I hope you've realized throughout this series that prayer is an act of worship, right? Prayer is an act of worship. And she worshiped him, and then she made a request. And what was that request? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And Jesus said, it's not meat. It's not appropriate to take the children's bread and to cast it unto dogs. So then Jesus, of course, he's perfect, so he wasn't sinning in saying this, but he is essentially calling her a racial slur. And what was her response to that? What was her response to her being called a racial slur? What did she say to that? Truth, Lord. <laughs> You know, we talked about the prayer of revival. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll heal their land. You want to know where that all starts with? Humility. Humility. We have to have a lot of humility in prayer. And it shows a lot of humility for Jesus to kind of insult her twice. Now, certainly he wasn't sinning in doing this because he's perfect, but he kind of insulted her twice if she would have took it that way. But her first response was to worship. And her second response was to say, Lord, you're telling the truth. Lord, I don't deserve anything. I acknowledge that I don't deserve anything. But Lord, I'm just asking for a crumb from the master's table. And Jesus says, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. So he answered that prayer, didn't he? He answered that prayer. But notice that simple prayer after she worshiped him. What did she request? Lord, help me. Lord, please help my daughter in this circumstance. Lord, please help me. And that's the kind of prayers that we need to pray, isn't it? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. We see this cry of desperation many times with people in Jesus' day because they lived a lot harder life than we do. You know, I pray for the Lord's blessing, but it's choosing between good options. This is a woman that had a daughter that was grievously vexed with the devil. Could you imagine that? And then we find Bartimaeus here, Mark chapter 10, blind Bartimaeus, and he's seeking the Lord. And notice this, he heard that Jesus, this is Mark 10 and verse 47, he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him saying, be quiet, quit annoying us. Hold your peace. But notice, he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of God, have mercy on me. And then the Lord stood still. Verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And he said, be of good comfort. Rise. And the blind man, he was healed and he received his sight. Thy faith hath made thee whole. But notice how simple that prayer was. And notice it was simple and it was repetitive, right? He said, Jesus have mercy on me, right? Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, please have mercy on me. See, that's the kind of prayers we need to pray. Quick and to the point. Prayers of great need. Prayers of great need. Lord, please have mercy on me. And you know what? When you would naturally get discouraged, don't quit. <laughs> it's very commendable for these people. Very commendable that they cried the more a great deal. That shows you the severity of the need. Instead, many times we pray and we're, we don't get it. We're like, oh, well, I guess it's just not the Lord's will. Oh, okay, I'll just go on my way. Well, you know what? When there's a great need, you keep on praying, don't you? You keep on praying. Lord, have mercy on me. That's a prayer we need to pray 100 times a day right there too, isn't it? 
Lord, please have mercy on me. And then in Luke chapter 18, we see the contrast between the prideful prayer of the Pharisee who trusted in himself that he was righteous and the humble prayer. Again, notice the constant theme of humility in these prayers, right? That the repentant publican, Luke chapter 18 and verse 13, the repentant publican, he stood far off. He would not lift up his eyes unto heaven, but he smote up on his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Notice he's confessing he is a sinner. Do you see all these common themes here? Confessing you're a sinner, approaching the Lord in humility, knowing you don't deserve anything and saying, Lord, please just have mercy on me. Lord, please save me. Lord, please help me. And those are some of the most effectual, fervent prayers that we can pray. Now, this is a man that was burdened with sin, and he knew his only hope. He was such a sinner. He felt so burdened with sin. His only hope was the mercy of God. And you know what? The Lord answered that prayer because he went down to his house justified rather than the other. He went down to his house feeling saved, you see. He went down to his house feeling saved, and he gave him justification by faith, the answer of a good conscience in his heart. You see, he prayed for mercy and the Lord answered him, right? The Lord answered him with assurance and peace in his heart. He answered his prayer. So I believe that we can learn a great deal from these examples of these short prayers of great need, right? Nehemiah being in the middle of a conversation with the king, knowing he's about to say something that may be very uncomfortable, but the Lord touched the heart of the king. But the reason I believe he touched the heart of the king is an answer to the prayer of Nehemiah, I believe. So Lord, please just bless me in the circumstance. Like Peter, Lord, please save me. Like that Canaanite woman of great faith, Lord, please help me. Like Bartimaeus, Lord, please have mercy on me. And like this publican, Lord, please be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the kind of prayers we need to pray. Not every prayer has to be a long, impressive, flowery prayer. We need to pray diligent. We need to pray without ceasing. But we see here, it's those quick prayers throughout our day, which is really what praying without ceasing is. And we're going to focus on that in the last message as we close out our series on prayer. Probably one more. We want to focus on limitations in prayer, some of the problems that we have, and then hopefully close out with praying without ceasing. But that's really what praying without ceasing is. Do you understand that? Praying without ceasing is not being on your knees with your eyes closed 24 hours a day. It's praying in the middle of conversations, right? It's those quick prayers. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, please have mercy on me. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Again, we hope these messages and our discussion of the Word of God on prayer has been beneficial for you. And we pray the Lord's blessings on you in your daily life. We love you all. God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast. 
entitled The Gospel of Grace, a primitive radio broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of him.